Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. All right, you guys glad to be in church today? Yeah. Amen. Well, um... Gotta give me give me a second to lead worship and preach, you know. Um I wanna tell you this. The Lord, you know, I I whenever we um said yes to pastoring the wellspring, um you can ask Pastor Devin, Pastor Kathy, who are here with us today. I just want to honor them. These guys really, um, this is relevant to the story I was about to tell, but um, probably, I don't even know, maybe like two years before this became a thing. I remember when me and Pastor Devin had multiple conversations where he was like, well, what do you think about like pastoring? And I was just like... I'm good. Like I, I was like, you know, and and then the conversation progressed. But these guys really saw in us what we didn't want to see in us, and uh, but they called that out in us. And so, love you guys, and thank you for that. And um, but I, I think for me, one of the biggest reservations was I thought that um, something's beeping. You guys got it. One of you guys set off the fire alarm, so. That's right, Holy Spirit, activate. Um, So I thought that saying yes to pastoring a church meant no to being a worship leader. And uh, little did I know is that no matter what the Lord was saying, I've called you to minister to me. And uh, and it it isn't about, uh, it wasn't about giving up something for something else, but it was just being available to the Lord. And just saying yes to him. And, uh, and today, in just a moment, I want to talk to you about the three ministries of the believer, or three of the ministries. And, um, and they're relevant for all of us. I'm, I want to call you into something today. Okay? And, um, but what I wanted to say is that I, I know for me the thing that I've, the, the place I've found that I believe every, every human being on earth has... Um, you have access and you have a calling to this, you have been invited to this, is to know what ministry to the Lord looks like. You know, whenever we worship together like this and why we might sing the same song, the same same thing, is we are literally here to bless Him. We're here to give Him what He wants. And, 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 you know, we don't, God doesn't need our worship, Right? He, he, he wouldn't be God if he needed something, from us especially. But he wants worship because we become like what we worship. And we were created in his image. And there's this thing that has happened in the earth with, that started with the fall of man, where we begin to lose our identity. We begin to forget who we were. We begin to not see God for who he was. And if we can't see who we were made in the image of, then how can we be like him? 
And what he, what Jesus did is, yes, he came and made a way for us to get to heaven, but he also came to show us the Father. Because if we'd see the Father, you would see who you were always meant to be. And so for me, I'm not, you know, I said this before, is God's not trying to teach us how to be a Christian. He's teaching us how to be himself. It's just the truth. He's teaching us to have his nature. If it's him, you were meant, you were supposed to carry it. You know, that scripture says God is love. Is God is love. So guess what? You're supposed to be loved too. It's part of his nature. It's who he is. And so we don't change so that we can get to God. We come to God so that we can get changed into his likeness. Where we're always supposed to be. He's restoring that. That's the journey that we're on. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He says, no one can come to the Father but by me. So where's our destination? The Father. He's our destination. He's our aim. And we get there through Jesus. Right? And so when we gather, there's something that happens when we begin to forget everything else going on. We set our eyes on him and we come into agreement with heaven and we say, Jesus, you're the way, you're the truth, you're the life. I just bless you. Thank you for revealing the father. And you begin to just give him your heart. Despite what you're feeling, you know, a lot of times people are just waiting for the right feeling or the right song. You're like, I wish they would play my song, you know. I wish, you know, whatever your song is, you're like, I just like it when y'all do this song. But the truth is, it's like when we, when we come and this team is worshiping, they're doing this not for you, but for him. And they're inviting you to come alongside and to say, we're going to bless him. So if you're looking for the team to come and sing your song, they're probably going to say no, but if it happens, great. But we're going to sing him his song. It's giving him what he wants. And this, growing in that, growing in knowing how to give him worship and to give him yourself, is, to, for me, it's number one. It's like until you've come to that point where it's not about you and it's about him. You know what I would tell you to do if you're, going, if you're in a mess right now, if you're struggling, got anxiety, depression, fear, whatever it is, addiction, learn to come into praise. Learn to come into thanksgiving. Learn to come before him and give him everything. Lord, despite my mess, despite the world's mess, you're good. You're worthy. You're holy. And it begins to align your heart with the highest of realities. Heaven's reality. And heaven's reality influences every other reality. Every other reality is subject to heaven's reality. That's why Jesus, he came, and there's something out of order, and he says, no, yeah, that's, that's true, like, there's a problem here, but let me come and release a greater reality in the earth. And then he says to us, you'll do greater things, right? So we have to actually know what heaven says. When you step, what, anywhere you go, any situation, any person you encounter, the best thing you can do is to get heaven's opinion on it and heaven's plan is whenever we come into the room and we gather, we're not just trying to do church. We come and I'm, my hope is to partner with you guys to say, hey, can we lean in to heaven's plan 
for this morning and for us and just submit to that and say yes. But if you come in with an analyzing critical heart, you could miss it. If you come in saying, again, are they going to play my songs and are they going to preach a message I agree with and doesn't touch the parts I don't want it to touch? And are they going to, you know, are they going to keep worship to 24 minutes or whatever? Are we going to get out of here early for lunch? I, I don't, I'd love to give you answers for that, but my heart is just to come and be with him. And I believe that he loves to fall on humility and surrender. He, you know, Jesus prayed this prayer in John 16. He said, Look, Father, I pray that they would be one like you and I are one. He prayed for us to be one. What does that look like? It looks like us learning to come and submit to him together. It looks like us coming and having his spirit and saying, look, maybe all of us have been hearing and experiencing different things all week. But when we come together, we're just saying, Jesus, what do you want today? It's so much more than anything we could cook up or we could make up. Like Jesus, you are, you're everything. And so do we trust him and do we give him place? And that's what we want to do. I feel like I'm saying a lot of this, and many of you have heard this before, but I feel like we've got to say it and say it and live it and live it and live it. Is that um, we gathered, we're, we're, this is such a beautiful moment where the body can gather and we can be encouraged and equipped. And my heart for you is that you would leave here and that you would, he would be resting on your life and that wherever you go and whoever you encounter, you carry Jesus with you. When people see you, they see him. Do you know that the Lord wants to give you solutions for the earth? He wants to give you solutions for people. God, in this hour, a lot of times we pray and we're like, God, if you would just do this. And the Lord's saying, I'm just looking for available people to partner with. You know what the earth is groaning for right now? The sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Romans 8. God gave you and I dominion in the earth. He reigns, but he's wanting to partner with you and me to bring heaven on earth. That's his plan. That's, his, that's what he has purposed. And there's a great invitation to live that life. And nobody's disqualified, but I do believe that it, it, it doesn't just magically happen. It happens by seeking him, surrendering to him, laying before him. And no, you know, the Lord will take the most messed up person. He did it. Look at his 12 disciples. I think he, he picked the most, just, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to use a Christian curse word, but the most dumb guys, a lot of them, you know. They weren't dumb. They were good guys. But they weren't educated. They were messy. But they walked with Jesus. And then in Acts, full of the Holy Spirit, they turned the world upside down. You know, I think he's just looking for somebody who will just say, Lord, I can't figure it out, but I give my whole self to you. And I might mess up plenty on the way, but I won't stop giving myself to you. And I'm trusting you with my sanctification. I'm trusting you with my salvation and my, all, all the, the Asians. Right? Some of you just need to say, Lord, I trust you with my Asian. My justification, salvation, all of it. All right. 
So three ministries to the, of the believer we're going to talk about. And the first one is this. We've already been talking about it a little bit. But number one is to the Lord. Everybody say, to the Lord. Um, there are those who, um, you know, like our worship team up here, and you're like, yeah, 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 that's the guys who minister to the Lord. That's awesome. But this is for everybody. These guys are just gifted to sing and play instruments and to, to lead us in that. Some of you, if we put you up here singing and playing music, then I, I don't know. We, we pr- no, everybody would be so distracted. But um, we love you. But you don't need to be singing up here on a microphone. You can sing as loud as you want from your chair. But the Lord loves it when you sing to him. The Lord loves it when you bless him and you honor him. Um, Exodus chapter 19, verse 3. This is Moses. says, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. God was always looking for a priesthood people, people that would minister to his heart, people that would be close to him, getting his heart, right? And then, and you say, well, that's Old Testament. It is. But check this out. First Peter chapter two, verse nine, he says, but you look at somebody and say, but you says, but you are a chosen people. Come on, who's a, is there a chosen people here today? And it says, a royal priesthood. Has anybody ever really stopped and thought like, well, what does that mean? If I'm a royal priesthood, what does that mean? It's this, it's a kingly priesthood. The Bible says that you, you, we reign as kings and priests in the earth. So you're a king and you're a priest. All right, say that. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Some of you are like, I'm a queen. Um, you're completely right. Um, you're a king and priest. Is that, you know, I love uh, Pastor Bill Johnson says this. He says that we rule with the heart of a servant and we serve with the heart of a king. That's beautiful, right? Is that you were meant to come to this place in life where when there are things that the Lord wants you to rule in. He's called you to take dominion, but how do you do that? You do that with the heart of a servant, where you say, I can serve anybody. In a moment, I want to talk just about humility. And, um, you know, well, let me, let me wait to talk about humility. Give me a second, I'll get there. But you are a priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Love that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Our warfare is our worship and praise to him. I, I, we, gosh, maybe it's two months ago now. Um, the Lord really gave us a word as a house that we were like the Israelites 
and Joshua crossing over the Jordan. I believe we were stepping. We are stepping in to a new thing, into to purpose. We're stepping into what God is saying for this hour, and uh, and the Lord. And with that, it was the word was consecrate. Right? There was a con- consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart. And then there was this part of it where in the children of Israel, the ark went before. It was the presence of God that went before the Israelites, right? And they were to keep the ark in front of them, to follow the Lord. And the first thing that happened when the Israelites crossed is they went to a place called Jericho. Many of you probably heard the story of Jericho where... God says, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want, I want you to take the, the worshipers, the Levites, the priests, and I want them to go first. And all of Israel, you're just going to walk around the city seven times, and then you're going to blow a trumpet. And they did it and did and did finally, and they blew trumpet. And the last day, the walls fall, they conquered, right? But their warfare was two things. It was their obedience and their worship. Their obedience and their worship. It was the, I'm willing to go where he wants to go, and I'm giving him whatever he wants in worship. I'm saying, I'm declaring him Lord. You know, when David came before Goliath, what he was, he, his confidence was not in himself or a slingshot or a rock. His confidence was in the Lord. He didn't, he, he didn't show up with this arrogant thing of like, I'm the man, I can do this. But he, he knew the Lord who gave me strength, who anointed me to kill the bear and the lion has anointed me to defeat you today. He knew that the only reason he had a chance is because the Lord was on him. It was because of who he knew. It was because of the secret place he had been. And for you, I believe in this hour that there is warfare in the heavenlies that the Lord has called us to. But it's not from us praying loud prayers. It's not from us dancing around and standing on our heads. But it comes the moment that we begin to say who he is and declare him as our Lord. And we begin to love him and begin to minister to him. I believe that breaks things in the spirit. It's again, it's us coming into agreement with who he is. He's partnering with us, right? He partners with our worship to release things in the atmosphere. Yeah? Then what a powerful thing that we have access to, right? Um, so the first thing that you are called to is ministry to the Lord. You've been given that ministry. It's not like, and, and the thing is, as, as a believer, it's not like optional. It's not like, eh, that's for them. No, it's for you. You should be growing in that. You should be learning that. You should be pursuing that. Learning to sit with him and to know him and to give him praise. Um, heard this one time. Did you know that? So praise is this. Praise is you just went through, or you're in the middle of a messy situation, and despite that messy situation, you're honoring God for who He is. You were just robbed. I remember a time when I, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I was robbed, and I remember every thought in me was like, why God? Why did this happen? I remember all the thoughts playing through, and by the grace of God, I just began to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you that I wasn't injured, my family wasn't injured. And I just began to come into thanksgiving. And that was praise in that moment. I learned praise. Praise is something you can only give God in this life. When you go to heaven, there is no pain. There is no tears. There's no sorrow. It's easy to be like, God's good. Like there's, the streets are literally gold. If I need something, I'll just 
chip a piece out. (laughs) But here, when there's lack and there's pain, and despite it, you begin to say, God, thank you. Only an offering that you can give him in this lifetime. You'll never get to know that again in heaven. What a beautiful thing when you honor him despite the dysfunction in your life. Those, those moments, the painful moments, I've had plenty of painful moments I didn't respond well. I've also had plenty of painful moments I responded in thanksgiving and praise. And those are the moments I know that I felt closest to the Lord, where I felt new places in his presence, new places in him, where I didn't understand the situation. I didn't understand what was going on, but it was like, Lord, I'm leaning in. Go read the Psalms. David understood it. David understood, I'm surrounded by enemies. They all want to kill me. Lord, they're saying bad things about me. But God, you are Lord. You are good. And then he'll bless the Lord, O my soul. David understood how to align himself with heaven. He understood how to get into the secret place when everything was going against him and to find refuge in the Lord and to find strength in the Lord. That's why he would say, Lord, you're my hiding place. You're my strong tower. And then he would, David would get really wild with it where he'd be like, Lord, you're going to chop off the head of my enemy. You know, and everybody's like, David, too far, too far. But it's this thing where you get confidence in his presence, where you begin to realize, oh, that's who he is. See, as the priesthood ministering to him, you get to see him for who he is. And when you see him for who he is, you realize, whom shall I fear, Lord? You're with me. Right? Or who shall I fear? You're on my side. Right? Some of you need to get into the secret place and you see him. Amen. Awesome. So first one, your priesthood. Second ministry is ministry to the body. That's each other, to other believers. Um, Again, Jesus' prayer was that we would be one, right? And when I, over the last week, I've really felt like, I talked about, I was going to talk about humility. One of the things um, I've really felt on the Lord's heart was when it comes to relationship within the body. Is I think for too long we've allowed divisive things into the body where we've allowed offense, offense with church, offense with leaders, offense with each other. And we haven't known by, uh, by I, I guess, over, I think maybe in some circles they do this well, but overall I think we haven't done well at learning to let offense roll off and how to love one another well. And I think a lot of times the... We, uh, well, let me say it like this. We would fail if we tried really hard to love the world and unbelievers, but we failed at loving God and we failed at loving one another inside the church. I don't believe that we'll be anointed to reach the world until we know how to love him and how to love one another here. Right? And, try, and I want us to be anointed to reach the world. I want you to be able to not be carrying a bunch of stuff so that you actually can walk into a place and have something to give. You know, we had, um, on Tuesday mornings, we walked downtown and we um, just pray for the city. And um, a lot of you guys know that. But we had one morning where we ended up, um, we're at the park and um, there was a worker 
who was just like angry, right, Mr. Wayne? He was, he was changing trash bags out, and he was just not having a good day. You could see it from everybody. Like, we all, that guy's not okay. Like, he's having a rough day. And, um, and Mr. Wayne here saw him, and he said, I'm going to go pray with him. I'm going to go talk with him. And he goes and just begins to talk to the guy, ask him what's going on, ends up praying with the guy. And guess what? The guy, he received peace, right? His whole, his whole world changed in a moment because somebody came to him who actually had something to give. It's like that woman at the well moment where a woman who is broken and has nothing meets somebody who is whole and has something and her whole world is changed. Where Jesus comes and says, hey, I've got living water. Ask me for water and I'll give it to you. Right? And it was like that moment. And then this last week we saw him again and he saw Wayne and he said, that man has a prayer for me. He was like, that guy's got something I need. And in front of the city, yeah. Um, it was amazing. All the, and all of his coworkers are out there just watching like, what the heck's going on? But it was awesome. And, um, and that's what it should look like in our lives. I'm saying it looks different for everybody. But having something to give. Um, so, he, I, I believe that one of the things that the Lord wants to, to shift for us is for us to really understand humility. And um, I, I think there's this really good picture. Um, I need some help. I need somebody who's shorter than me, and that's a hard task. But is, uh, <laughs> now I feel like whoever comes up, I'm like really calling out. Um, is Brennan in here? Oh, I went to the bathroom. Perfect time. Yeah, it's okay. That's all right, Matt, I'm going to use you. You're not, I don't think, shorter than me, but I'm going to make you shorter than me. Um, <laughs> all right, you're going to have to get on your knees. <laughs> I know he's a humble guy, so yeah. So this, this is humility, okay? This is, is when there's somebody who maybe in your, your life you think, I'm better than them at this. I'm taller than them, I'm whatever. And this is what humility looks like. It looks like coming down eye to eye. It's coming, I'm coming eye to eye. I want to see you eye to eye. I want to get on the same level as you. Or, or even lower. Right? And, and here's the deal. You can stand up. I'll make it any more awkward. But it, it, is, it is the willingness. It, it, humility comes from seeing Jesus because he's humble and whenever you see him you receive humility thanks um, I wanted to give that picture because truth is Jesus it's what Jesus did for us it's what Jesus did for us he, Jesus is more humble than you and me in that he would come to an imperfect people being perfect and he would take on our stuff our sin and he would give his life for us hanging naked on a cross. Right? And so when you encounter him, you can't, whenever you begin to find yourself like where you feel like, man, I don't feel very humble right now. You just need to go sit with him. If it becomes, starts becoming more about you and your life and your thing, you probably need to go sit with Jesus. Because humility, the mark of someone who's walking in humility is that they have been delivered from the self-life. 
where you feel like I've got to self-protect, I've got to self-provide, I've got to do my thing, build my thing, say my thing, be my thing. And it's in that place where you have your thing, but you don't have his. Whatever is yours can't be his. But if you give everything to him, then you get everything that's his. And that's humility. So humility isn't just saying, you know, I'm not great. I'm not, I'm not significant. I'm not, it's, that's like false humility. I'm just the scum of the earth. You know, I've just, I've made my mistakes. And you hear a lot of people talk like that, but humility doesn't sound like that. Humility sounds like, no, I am significant, but I'm significant because of him. I am important, but I'm important because of him. It's giving him credit. It's saying like my whole life is found in him. And guess what? When he's defined you, it also means that offense rolls off because people can say things to you and you say, guess what? That's really mean, but it's not who I am because I'm found in him. Right? And so whenever there's opportunity for offense and somebody say, can, can somebody tell you something hard? And you receive. Can somebody tell you something hard, maybe that's wrong, and you not let it completely turn your life upside down? Can you let things roll off because your identity's been found in Him? If every little thing sets you off course, you need to go and sit at His feet. A life of humility is this life that is, has, a, has one trajectory. I know where I'm going. I know who loves me so I can love well and not be thrown off course. I can, people, it doesn't mean that we're, we are just, um, that, that we don't experience pain, okay? There is part of relationship. If you're going to be deep in relationship with somebody, you can expect some pain. Can the married people testify? Right? But what do you do? Is you bring that to the Lord. You invite Him in. You give Him place. Right? You allow Him to give His truth. And it causes you to live this life where you're confident in knowing who you are, but you can serve anybody. Right? That's what it has to look like in the body. What happens is whenever we don't know who we are, we are left to come up with our own version of ourselves. And then we live in the place of um, comparison where we're kind of seeing, am I okay? And, and, and it gets in this place where all you can do is figure out who you are for yourself and then compare to others and see if you're significant or not. And so the, the fruit of not sitting with Jesus is arrogance. And arrogance doesn't always look like the person who's like, you know, I don't, whatever. I don't know if that's what arrogant people do. That's, that's right. Okay, thanks, Travis. He said yes. But I think sometimes arrogance doesn't look like somebody who just is like, hey, I'm better than you. I'm better. That, yeah, that is arrogant. But sometimes it looks like insecurity. It looks like the person with false humility it looks like the person is like, I'm just not that. The truth is, is that even in that moment, you're still defining you by you. You're still getting an opinion that's not his. Arrogance is any place in your life that you haven't let him have. That's the fruit of it. And for us, 
We need to be on this journey of learning to give everything to him, finding out who we are in him, finding out who other people are in him, where we can celebrate people. Even in their mess, Lord, tell me who they are. You want to know one of the things that, that transformed uh, me and Austin's marriage is whenever I started going to the Lord and asking his opinion about her. When I, when I was able to stop, start losing my opinion and getting the Lord's, it changed our marriage. It, it, it got me to, because the Lord would show me who she is, even if it wasn't manifesting yet. And the moment something would happen where it was like, oh, that's aggravating. Not that she's ever aggravating at all. She's perfect. She really is. She's awesome. But these times where I'd be like, oh, what's this? The Lord would remind me, remember what I showed you? Remember what I said? And I just have to be like, yeah, that's who she is. And, and my job as a husband is to call out that in her. It's, it's to love her like Jesus loved the church. It's being to say, I, I come low. I'm learning to come low. And I'm pushing you higher. What would happen if that's what happened in the body? Where we weren't trying to tear down, point out each other's faults. Look, it's okay for us to have lots of honest conversations. What would happen if we would just start putting everything on the table and saying, hey, I like a couple weeks ago, I got to, to, to witness this beautiful reconciliation between two people that they didn't even know what was between them, but there was something between them, and they began to have an honest conversation. And it was like the Lord came and sat with us, and they began to just say, well, this is what I thought, and I thought you thought this, and the Lord reconciled them and it was beautiful two powerful people but they didn't put everything on the table and then they did and the lord reconciled it what if we did that where it was like hey i'm grateful that you came and brought a hard thing to me i i'm grateful that you didn't harbor that in your heart and just assume that about me when you do that you get a critical spirit and what happens with a critical spirit is you don't get to, you, 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 you analyze everything and you assume the worst. And the Lord wants you free from that. What does love do? Love believes the best. Um, all right. I've, uh. I've, I've given these plenty of times, but it's just, it's always fun and I want to do it again. But it's here are 15 sign, signs of true humility. I'm not going to put them up um, on the screen. I'm just going to read them to you, okay? So here are 15 signs of true humility. And again, I want to say this. We walk in humility by encountering Jesus. It's whenever he becomes the thing we see most, Right? Um, number one, you are teachable. Number two, you are influenceable. Number three, you can be corrected without defending yourself. Number four, you rejoice when others are celebrated. Number five, no job is too small for you. Number six, you don't have to be right. Number seven, you naturally seek the advice of others. Um, listen, if, if, you're, uh, if you're terrible at this thing we know is marriage, you're like, hey, we're not doing a good job. 
Humble yourself. Go find somebody who has a good marriage and say, will you pray for me? I, I believe in the body we need to come to this place. Where it's like, there are people in this room that have what you need. That have solutions for you. Who carry something that they would love to give you. But it would only be, arrogance says this, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I've, just, I've got this, I've got to make it work. God wants to help you and people want to help you. Humility says, hey, I need help. It is appropriate for you to tell the Lord, Lord, I need help. And it's appropriate for you to tell other people, I need help. Um, being someone with a orphan spirit who doesn't know they're a son or a daughter, they think that their mess is a burden to other people if they share it. Sonship says, I need to tell you what's going on because you have something I need. I need to come and bring my stuff to the light. A lot of times things don't get healed because they remain hidden. Right? The Lord wants you in the light. He wants you open. He wants you free. He doesn't want you heavy. That's what ministry in the body looks like. The Lord wants you free so that you can help love other people and have something to give to them in the body. This should be a place where we're encouraged and equipped and called higher. And so we can't leave anything behind, anything between us. And there's somebody, whether they go to church here or another church or whatever, but they're a believer and you've held offense and thanks to them and haven't brought it all to the table, you need to do it. And there's a right way to do it in humility. If you need coaching on how to approach somebody, we would love to help you. We'd love to do that. But offense and unforgiveness, it will quench what the Spirit wants to do in your life. Right? Let's not be those. Let's be open. Let's create open spaces in our lives. All right, let me keep going. Um, So number seven was you naturally seek the advice of others. Number eight, you actually do pray. Number nine, you freely admit your flaws, mistakes, and failures. You live to help others succeed. You aren't entitled. You are patient. You don't promote yourself. You let other people have a better story than yours. And you honor other people when they are talking. Amen. So I, I, to, to close out this part on humility, if you're saying, listen, I want to know humility, get with Jesus. Say, Jesus, I need to see you. I need to see you in all your humility. And I need you to do that in me. Amen. I think it's key. You want, if you say this, I want to encounter the Lord in a greater way, go and receive humility. Go and start walking in humility. Why? Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I believe the Lord is attracted to humility. He's attracted to it. Amen. All right. The last one is this. Is our ministry to the world. And this is a beautiful thing. This is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16. He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. Um, 
I wouldn't make that a practice. If it happens, it happens. Um, and they will drink deadly poison, and it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people, and they will get well. Uh, Jesus is saying this, is that there are some things that will follow the believer. There are some things that will follow your life as you begin to walk with him. There should be some natural output of your life as you've been having input from the king of glory. My best um, analogy for this is a pressure washer. I used to, um, my dad owns a painting and pressure washing company. I did a lot of pressure washing growing up. But it's this, is there's this machine, right, that shoots out water. But if it doesn't have water, it can't fulfill its purpose, right? But if it gets connected to the source and it's got an input and you, you turn that thing on, it shoots out with precision and with power to get a job done, right? You are like that pressure washer. When you're connected to the source and you're full of his spirit, there should be power coming forth, right? The only reason that doesn't happen is because there's been a disconnection somewhere, right? And so that's the life that he wants you to live. And it's not to, uh, it's never to beat people up. It's not to rule over people, but it's to be able to love and serve people well. It's to have something to give. Your life should have something to give. This is the life of the believer, It may look all a little different for us, but a life filled with the Holy Spirit, connected to Jesus, it brings about transformation. All right, this scripture, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? We know all about salt in South Louisiana. We're good at salt. Um, It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do, do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Is I believe this is that you were meant to be a light because of who lives in you. And this morning I'm saying this, I know I'll give you these three things. Is ministry to the Lord, ministry to the body, and ministry to the world. Is and, and this is what I'm inviting you into. Okay? Is not just like I love Sunday mornings with you, but what I'm inviting you into is to really know him is to say these three things should mark your life. They should mark your life. And it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you have it all together. But it means that we are on this journey with the Lord. Is that I'm learning how to minister to His heart. And in ministering to His heart, I'm getting His heart. And it's affecting my relationship within the body. I'm receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are for the encouragement of the body. It's equipping us so that, guess what? Monday through Saturday... When we might not all be together, I still have the same Holy Spirit that comes and visits visits us on Sunday morning. In the same way that we gather and we worship Him, you're in the car, whether you can sing or not, that's a safe place just to let it all out. Like, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy. 
where you're connecting with his heart. Don't come to him just out of duty, but come to him to know him. He wants to encounter you. In this season, the Lord wants to encounter you. He wants you to encounter him. He, some of you, he's inviting you. And I'd say this is don't let there be places in your life that voices that are louder, things that are louder than his voice that is wooing you and trying to draw you close. Learn how to turn aside and be with him. It doesn't mean that you can't do life, but it means know when he's wooing you and calling you away. Know when he's wanting to meet with you and speak to you. When he's asking for the adoration of your heart. And then ask him for humility so that we can walk with one another. So that we can have a heart for one another. So again, that we can rule with the servant's heart and we can serve with the heart of a king. And I believe if we do that, that our lives will be very attractive to the world. That we'll have something to give to broken people. Amen. Hey, let's stand together. I, I love you guys so much. It's such an honor to, um, to get to, to be a church family together. And, uh, and our desire, me and Austin's desire, is that you would know him. You would know Jesus. You would encounter him. He is a God to be encountered. You know, um, David, he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Right? Some of you, you get a taste of him, there's no going back. You taste of his goodness, you see his goodness, it changes everything. My prayer is that you would seek him more than you would seek anything else in life. The one thing that's good, the one thing that's worth it is to taste and see him. My encouragement to you today, go taste and see him. I hope this morning you tasted him and and you've seen him, but there's something about just in your quiet of your life when you taste and see him, when you know him. Amen. Let me bless you. Lord, bless your people today. I bless them. Come on, just lift your hands and receive from him. Lord, we just thank you that your word is life, that your word is precious. I thank you, Lord, that um, I thank you for those even right now that need healing in their body. I just speak healing over every body right now, over every life, over every mind, over every heart. I thank you, Lord, right now. I even just feel like the Lord's highlighting people with heart issues. Like um, even irregular heartbeats even right now. I just speak to hearts. Just say, um, come into wholeness in Jesus' name. Come into wholeness in Jesus' name. Come into wholeness. Come on, if that's you, just receive healing. Just receive healing. No more irregular heartbeat. It's coming into perfect union. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just honor you. We love you. We just give ourselves completely to you. We just receive you, Holy Spirit. Come on, some of you just need to receive a fresh baptism of this Holy Spirit. Just begin to receive from him. 
just begin to receive from him. Lord, we just love you. Some of you, the Lord's asking for your complete surrender this morning, that you would become bendable to him. You've been trying to figure out life on your own. You've been trying to make things work. And the Lord's saying, I want to be, I want to show you how I am as a father and how I care for you and how I love you. Some of you have been living in shame. You've been living in sin and the Lord's calling you out of it. The Lord's saying, hey, leave that behind. That thing that you thought that you couldn't live without is the very thing that's destroying you. And he's saying, come come on out, come into the light. I even believe the Lord's speaking over someone today like you've known freedom, you've known his goodness, but by choice you've put yourself in a place that is producing shame and the Lord's calling you out of that. And he's even saying over your life, if you'd come out of it, I'd give you the right thing. I'd give you the right thing. So, Lord, we just say yes to you. Come on, just begin to tell me, yes, Lord. Whatever that thing is in your life, come on. We, do, we just lay the pieces of our life out before him. And, Lord, we just say it's all yours. It's all yours. Have your way. Beautiful Jesus, you can have it all. We honor you today. We love you. We bless you. We bless you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. He's good. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.